0: It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for his return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In today's prophecy update, Pastor J.D. reiterates what he's discussed many times before. The rapture must happen before the tribulation based on scriptural truth. Because of this truth, J.D. is full of hope. And if you belong to Christ, you also can persist in hope, even during these unprecedented times. Turn to Christ today. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 2nd, 2020. So, during
1: my with the Lord this last week. I I was praying about, and actually planning to talk about the rapture sometime in the early fall. But the reason I'm doing this today is because everything is happening so fast. Simply put, the scenario that seems to be swiftly playing out. Please listen to me and hear this. It's the sudden rapture for us and the sudden destruction for them. And if you're anything like me, nothing is off the table. Let me explain what I mean by that. it's like anything goes now and if we took anything off the prophetic table we would do well to get it back on the table and revisit it especially when it comes to Scripture and prophecy in the Bible prior to this crisis we viewed Bible prophecy differently than we do now would you agree and I think Rightfully, it has caused us, forced us to revisit many of the scriptures in the Bible, these prophetic passages. One such passage for me personally is First Thessalonians chapter 5. I want to read verses 1 through 5. I had to put this back on the table, blow the dust off of it, as it were, and revisit it. Paul is writing in the context of the rapture. And he says, verse 1, now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, peace and safety. Now in the original language of the Greek New Testament that word safety is the Greek word asphalia, and it can be translated security or safety. So let's go with safety. Peace and safety. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly. Sudden destruction. You know the thing about sudden destruction? It's sudden. Again, I know very profound. And then Paul, really echoing the Savior Himself, draws upon the analogy of a woman in labor with birth pains. And he says the destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and I want you to listen very carefully to what he says next. And he says, and they, they, key word, will not escape. The implication being is that there will be some who do. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? But you, he says, they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness. So that this day should surprise you like a thief. I mean, I know it's a, a, a Jewish idiom, but think about this: this whole thing of a thief in the night. Have you ever had a thief text or call and say, "Hey, I want to"? Is two AM good for you? It's the element of surprise this day should not surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness." Notice the delineation, the distinction between we and they. In chapter 4 we just talked about it. The, The chapter prior again in the context of the rapture. He says, we who are alive and remain, not they, we will be caught up. They won't. Dare I say, we will escape the coming wrath. They won't. Could it be That said, sudden destruction comes down on them, and when it comes down, we go up. Here's the bottom line if this crisis leads to what's believed to be an orchestrated destruction of the current world system, then we are on the brink of the tribulation. All the signs are pointing in that direction. That's the destination. That's where it's all going. That's where it's all headed. And if we are on the brink of the seven-year tribulation, and the rapture has to happen prior to the seven-year tribulation, then we are on the brink of the rapture. That's how I get there. Now this brings me to the aforementioned pre-tribulation rapture, and with it the importance of knowing why we believe what we believe, especially now. <laughs> and again, stay with me on this. Nine years ago, it was 2011, I did an eight week series on why the rapture of the church has to happen before the seven year tribulation. It has to. Well, you're pretty dogmatic about it. Yes, I am. Well, what about the mid trib or the pre wrath or the post trib view? They're wrong. Well, how can you be so sure? Because of the more sure word of Bible prophecy, not the interpretation of man. If the rapture is not before the seven-year tribulation, then God forbid, you'll start having to take and rip out of your Bible large portions of Scripture. You know, I, I've heard some very good teachers say there's really no silver bullet, so to speak, proving the seven year tribulation and i will respectfully disagree i think there's more than one silver bullet so to speak proving not just beyond any reasonable doubt but proving without any doubt that the rapture absolutely must happen before the seven year tribulation here's just one it's the time of jacob's trouble you're not jacob who's jacob israel Is the time of Israel's trouble, the 70th week of Daniel. The purpose of the seven-year tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. We're already saved. We're not appointed unto wrath. What would be the point of putting the bride of Jesus Christ into and through the tribulation for any period of time? Why do I bring this up? Because... Unless the Lord shows me otherwise, I'm planning, Lord willing, to do a teaching on this for next week's update. And I would certainly covet your prayers. I'm going to be condensing an eight-week teaching (laughs) into one prophecy update on the pre-tribulation rapture, proof, proof of a pre-tribulation rapture there is evidence that proves that the rapture has to happen before the seven year tribulation. Pastor, why are you doing this right now? Why would this rise to the level of devoting an update and in fact an entire Sunday morning to this topic? Because if you're unsettled, unsure concerning the pre-tribulation rapture, and I speak this truth in love. I feel so sorry for you. I honestly, I don't know how you're doing it. How, do you, how are you able to sleep? How are you not freaking out? if the rapture isn't before the seven-year tribulation, if, if I had any ambiguity or uncertainty about that right now, I would be, well, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> I'm doing this because, well, first and foremost, because I sense from the Lord that I need to do this, because there are many people who unnecessarily and needlessly live in worry and fear and anxiety concerning the uncertainty of the future of this world in which we are living today. And were it, and I've shared this before many times, I hope you don't tire of me saying it. I'm going to say it again, and we're almost done. I appreciate your patience. Were it not, for the sound doctrine, the biblical truth of the pre-tribulation rapture, I would literally go out of my mind. I would go insane. And I'm serious about that. That is not hyperbole. I would just, it would be so earth-shaking to me. Because if you take that blessed hope, of the soon return of Jesus Christ in the rapture of the church away from me, I can't go on. That's the only, knowing that soon and very soon that trumpet's going to sound, and my Jesus is coming back to take me out of this world. That's what enables me to put my head on the pillow at night, And sleep, and that's what enables me to get out of bed in the morning and work. Were it not for that, (laughs) be curled up in the fetal position. Let me say, lastly, that we are living in a day that is most unforgiving of any uncertainty concerning the doctrine of imminence. It's imminent. The rapture is imminent. There's nothing that has to happen before the rapture happens. It could happen at any time. This is why we do these updates. And this is why we end with the gospel of Jesus Christ and a simple childlike explanation of salvation by way of the ABC's of salvation. What is the gospel? The gospel is a word that means good news. Your debt has been paid. You're free to go, man. That's what the word gospel means. Wait, what do you mean? Oh, oh you didn't know? You didn't hear? You've been sentenced to death. You have the death penalty over your head because you were born a sinner, which is why you have to be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's the good news. And that's what the ABCs of salvation are. That Jesus Christ came, he was crucified, buried, and rose again on the third day, and he's coming back again one day. That's the gospel, the good news. And that is good news. Would you agree? In a world like we're living in today, the A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner, that you've sinned, and that you need the Savior. Now one would think that this would be a firm grasp of the obvious, certainly for the believer who's already come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But this is one of the biggest obstacles, and it has to be dealt with first. Because the average person, when you talk with them, when you share the Lord with them, when you share the gospel with them, the one thing, the one obstacle, the one hindrance is, well, I'm a good person. And it's a lie from the father of lies that good people will be in heaven and bad people will be in hell. (laughs) Actually, it's the other way around. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of very bad people in, in heaven. I'll be at the front of that line. Don't look at me like that. You're not going to be too far behind me either. So (laughs) there's going to be a lot of good people in hell. Because being good is not the gauge by which your entrance into eternity is measured. There's none good. You might be good, a good person, but you'll never be good enough. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In fact, that's what the word sin means, by the way. It's missing the mark. It's an archery term. This is interesting because I don't know if any of you are into archery, but if you shoot the the arrow and you miss the mark, they would say, you sinned. You sinner. Oh, what? I missed the mark. That's what... Sin means you missed the mark. You fell short. We've all sinned. We've all missed the perfect bullseye of God's perfect standard of righteousness. That's what sin means. Okay, now what happens? Well, that's, just, that's the bad news. Don't you hate it when somebody comes to you and says, I've got good news and I've got bad news. Which one do you want to hear first? to which I say, get thee behind me, Satan. I don't want to hear any bad news. I only want to hear good news. No, you need to hear the bad news. Because the badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. What's the bad news? Well, the bad news is, is that there's a penalty for missing the mark. There's a penalty for sin. It's the death penalty. It's Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But, here's the good news, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our lord what's a gift it's something that somebody gives to you that they paid for not you because if you paid for it it's not a gift it's a purchase right are we good with that so he purchased that gift to give to us as a gift well he purchased it he paid the price how much did it cost? Everything. He paid him full. He purchased us with His blood. And because the purchase has been completed and it is finished, He offers us this gift of eternal life. How? By going to His death in our stead. His Blood shed. The Bible says there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. And He shed His blood in payment for all our sin. And He offers us this gift. We don't earn it. For by grace you are saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Could you imagine? If there was something we could do to get to heaven, Man, that wouldn't be heaven. I think that's the other place, because there'd be people in heaven going, hey, what'd you do to get here? <laughs> I'm like, well, I did. Well, that's nothing I did. That's not heaven. Nobody's going to be able to say, hey, this is what I did to get here. I didn't do anything. He did everything. Here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. I love that word, will, because it's not tentative. It's not you might, you could, you should. No, you will. It's a done deal. The, The jury is no longer out. The verdict is in. And the C, lastly, is for call. On the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9, and 10 also says, confess with your mouth. By the way, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, is Lord. But here's the thing. When they, we talk about that delineation, we're not they, we're we. <laughs> when we confess, it's for salvation. When they confess with their mouths, it's for damnation. Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And Romans 10:13 lastly tells us how. Very simple. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that simple. Today is the day of salvation for you. Today. Don't delay. Don't delay the most important decision of your life for eternal life. I implore you, today, call upon the name of the Lord, confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart, trusting in Him for the forgiveness of sins. He paid the price. You don't have to clean up your act before you come to Christ. That's like taking a bath before you take a shower. It's ludicrous. He cleanses you. He's faithful and just when we confess our sins, first John 1 9 says. He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, I don't know what to say, I don't really even know how to pray, because everything you said would happen is happening, and Jesus, you said, I've told you these things before they happen, so when they happen, you will believe. And you also said that when we see these things begin to happen, that we can look up and lift up our heads, because we can know, not hope or wish, but know, that our redemption draws ever so near. Lord, we believe You're at the door. And Lord, I just pray for anyone who's not ready for You, that they would get right with You, so that when that trumpet sounds, it will not be for them as a thief in the night. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.